Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of The Road to Reality, featuring the teaching ministry of K.P. Yohannan, the founder and director of GFA. Now, here's K.P. with today's message. Read the story, Psalm 78, of the people of Israel. The guy who made the biggest goof up in life, he responded, saying, Lord, I lost it. Please. Here I am, ruined, marred, pick me up. And he did. Failure was not the end of his life. It was the beginning of God's greatest work and grace. But the fellow who stole 1,000 rupees, a handful of dollars, the fellow lost out completely because his attitude towards sin and failure was different. When you read Luke 15, he's talking about the Father, Heavenly Father, the older son and the younger son. Older son is the militant, outright, radical, righteous, pure in character, full-time Christian worker in the field of the Father. The younger one is a crazy guy, he's a nutcase. And he lost it all, he's a miserable failure. As a matter of fact, when his older brother said, this, this rascal who wasted all your money, lived with the prostitutes, got drunk, look at him, look at him. The prodigal son didn't open his mouth and say, shut up! I didn't do any of those things. Yeah, I played the cards and drunk and went to movies, and, but I didn't do that kind of stupid stuff you're talking about. No, 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 no. He kept his mouth shut. Was he admitting he lived in all those circumstances and ways? I don't know. But I suppose he may have said, I hit the bottom. To the extent I know more the Son of God. I lost my salvation. I just don't have anything else to say. Any other list you want to add? It's okay. I'm dead. But that son is in the house of the father enjoying a wonderful meal, Indian food, <laughs> while the righteous Christian worker is outside. The loser recovered all. The full-time Christian righteous man lost all. I believe he leads us through times of failure. He allows it so that we can become an encouragement to others. This week I went to visit a pastor in Dallas, he's from India, a godly man. When I was in India, I heard the news he was in a car wreck and his wife died instantly. I knew the woman, one of the rare individuals, I would say, that so sold out to love the Lord and serve him and preach the gospel. Indian family lives so frugally spend every penny they can to send to North India ministry in all the families. Inter interesting family. And they were coming back from Oklahoma and he fell asleep, I think, within a split second, ran into something and, and she died instantly and he was in a coma and his neck broke. But in our conversation, he said to me a statement. He said, Brother KP, I buried so many people. I comforted a lot of people in their loss and tragedy and pain. But the first time in my life, now I understand the meaning of death. I was very curious now. 
he said, I realize death is something that removes someone of me that I love forever. She will never come back again. And he started crying. He said, now when I go to houses to comfort people, the words I will say would be different. The areas in which you think you are very strong, may God give you grace to continue the journey. Usually, where you are strong, that is where we fail the most. He who thinks he is standing firm, take heed, be very careful, because the chance for you to fall is very good. He did his PhD from Oxford. Before he came to India, he learned Hindi like his first language. Latin, Hebrew, Greek, like first language. Brilliant photographic memory. Young, energetic, enthusiastic, everything going for him. Two years he served with me on the mission field. I was the area coordinator, he was my assistant. Born and raised in England. Excellent Bible teacher. None of us ever attempted to argue with him on any doctrinal issue. We are young, little, inexperienced kids. He knew it all. No matter where we started, he won the case. He's, he's so knowledgeable. Yesterday, when a friend came to visit me, I said, um, how is our dear friend doing in England? And I asked his name. He said, KP, I'm very sad to report to you again because the second I've asked him, he still claims there is no God. He lost his faith. How did that happen? Well, it's not just an intellectual problem I don't think that brother had because I learned a little more about him now. It was a moral problem, spiritual problem. He was so arrogant, so strong. There's more to life than high standards and militancy and success and, and powerful preachings and writings. How we must respond to it? One, remember no one is immune to it. If I think now KP has traveled 40 years down the road, born again, yesterday my wife figured it out that I'm 40 years old in Jesus. Well, you know, I, I feel good about it, but I am not immune to worst disaster and failure. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. In the 18th century, Robert Robinson, this wonderful man of God, lived and he was converted through the preaching of George Whitfield. He is the one who wrote the hymn, Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Remember that? Sadly, this Robinson who wrote this hymn wandered away from those streams of life into the carnal land of worldliness and wickedness. Years later one day, he was traveling in a stagecoach and he was sitting beside a young woman who was yet gross reading this book. And as they were going along, all of a sudden, this young woman turned to Robinson and said, 
said, I'm reading something so wonderful. What do you think about it? And she read the stanza, what she was reading. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Those words from the same hymn this man wrote, and this young woman didn't even realize who was sitting beside her. He couldn't answer her. He broke out weeping, and with tears he replied, Madam, I am the poor, unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds if I had them to enjoy the feelings I had then. And he recovered. The seven long years the canker worm and the locust had eaten, God returned to him manifold. Two, I think in our failures, whatever we go through, the past or now or the future, we must accept God's forgiveness. What the father said to the prodigal, all right? Glad you came home, son. Where is the list? Did you keep a diary of all the sins you committed? Did you keep account of all the money wasted and the ways in which you squandered my resources? All right. What are you going to do to pay for it? I forgive, but you had to pay for it. You want to work next 10 years and make up for what you have done? All right, I'll let you. Remember, Jesus talking about the Father, God the Father. There was no request of list of sin and failures. As a matter of fact, the Father is not even answering him when he said, I am not worthy be to call your son. Only treat me like one of your slaves. The response Father gave, he, he screams out. He was on the loudspeaker all of a sudden. He's, he's broadcasting the whole world. Have the biggest dinner possibly you can have. Call the whole neighborhood. We're going to have a huge celebration. 5,000 people, all free, meal, a banquet. How would you explain the Father's heart like that? I don't understand it. I don't, and I don't try to. Because now I see things only from human perspective. So limited, I can't fathom it. His perspective is different. But I can enjoy it. Righteousness is something you will never earn. Sanctification, yes, we fail, repent, grow continually every day, degree by degree, and becoming like Jesus. But righteousness you will never earn. Righteousness is a gift of God. You are made righteous in Jesus through the Father's grace. I am made righteous. We cannot get it. It is given. And I think it is important that we remember in the Old Testament, sin was covered. A preacher that explained this one time, I heard him do this. He, he took something and put it on the table and put a tablecloth and he, he covered it. He explained like that. Old Testament, it's covered. Sin through the sacrifices and all the penance and everything. But when the cross was erected, when Jesus died on the cross, it's not covered. It is removed, washed clean, such a way it never happened. Can you imagine? Divorce never took place. Cheating never took place. You never lied. You never lusted. 
you never committed murder, you never fought with anyone, you never thought evil, you are pure as the day God made Adam and Eve. Can you understand it? You do not. Do I? I do not. Let us enjoy it. Question, what does it take for me to recover all to the extent that I never imagined since I am pure, totally pure. Peter, do you love me? Peter, are you repenting? How many sins you committed? How many people you led astray? How many disciples of mine you led astray? In the old business of fishing, backsliding, you are responsible, Peter. Nothing. Peter, do you love me? That is all. Jesus, I love you. And he said, Lord, do I have to explain all this to you? I mean, why should I, Jesus? You know everything. That means you know all my failures of my life. But Jesus, you also know, in the midst of all this misery and sadness and turmoil, there is a heart in me that wants to serve you. I backslidden, I left you, I went for the net and the board, simply because, Jesus, I could not make myself believe you can use me again. I am a lost case. Jesus said, just you love me, that is all. The enemy, the devil's number one purpose in our sin and failure, now please listen and process this, is not our failure and sin that he enjoys. Failure and sin is not the end in itself. Devil and all the billions of demons, they incarnate sin and wickedness. The hell is for them. What is their enjoyment you making you fall in all the stupidity? If you process it, my thinking is this. Devil's purpose in our failure and our sin is the same thing that he did with everybody in the Bible. That is to discourage us, to make us self-centered in introspection and slow down in receiving God's full grace and leap over the impossibilities of our failures and say, I can still be the best vessel, nor the original, it is not the second best, but better than the best. And that is what the enemy wants. Answer, Jesus. Not looking at yourself. George said one time, wherever, one look at self, ten look at Jesus. And when I look at him, he says not a word, but in his eyes I can see, Peter, it's all right, no problem. No discount, nothing taken away, you are still with me. Then I believe the way we respond to this is resist the devil. Now I have done it a thousand times. The reason, after all these years of preaching and teaching and leading people to the Lord, I am telling you, I still live with tremendous amount of discouragement, low self-esteem. When I fail, I feel like I want to resign and leave. Feel like I am the worst husband there is or worst father. I wish secretly somebody else take the responsibility that I hold and I didn't want to do it. And often, it is because I feel not qualified. Who is qualified for any of these things? None of us are. But then I say to myself, it is not just coincident accident, it is the enemy that battling my mind. And the Bible says, I overcome 
by the blood and by faith and by the word of my testimony. How we overcome? Three things. By the blood through which Satan's head was crushed and I plead the blood. Second, by faith, quenching all the fiery darts of the evil one. Third, by the word of my testimony. Simply means, I say, in Jesus' name, I refuse to accept these thoughts of confusion, accusation, guilt, condemnation, low self-esteem, self-rejection. I reject this because I am accepted in the beloved. And Satan, I ask you to take your hand off. You have no business in my life. And if you don't believe me, please try it one time alone and you see how it works. For God knows our breaking point. Psalm 103 verse 14. He will give you grace. Jesus said, Peter, I prayed for you. Failures and, and, and falling, it don't have to be the way of life. How do we respond to it? You don't have to fall. God gives grace. Finally, believe nothing is impossible. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 1 to 6, the potter and the clay. With God, nothing is impossible. And believe that. Whatever you deal with. The overcomers are not the ones who have not failed, but those who overcome by the blood of the Lamb that was shed for sinners and failures. He who overcome, he will sit with me. But those who overcome are not the perfect, morally upright, never committed one sin, strong, militant, all doctrines correct. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. But the blood is only useful for people like me. Total miserable failures. Nobody wanted. And that is always the way of victory. So, when we have failed, let us not live with the second best. Let us not live with the thoughts, well, yeah, what can I do? Maybe God will do something second best with me. I will just limp along and crawl and somehow someday something will good happen. I, I will not get any crown, nothing. Maybe I will just get there somehow. No. no. As long as you are alive, this, you can breathe. All it takes for him is one hour, one minute, one second. For it is like thousand years in his sight is one day. So you break it down and see how long you live and how many minutes that represent. That is the grace of God. And may I be reminded by the Lord that I look upon my brothers and sisters that I work with, not only here but everywhere, not with standards that I read in the Bible nor the standards I made up, but I look upon them with love and kindness and compassion and mercy. While I challenge you to live a radical life Give all, fight the battle, don't get out. I always want to remember that should be sustained by grace and mercy. I want others to show compassion to me and mercy because I'm a failure also.
if we can walk like this, you see, two metals, two different metals become one when both end is melted. You take two pieces of iron, you do all you can, it don't mix, it don't link, but you put both end in the fire and it turns red and blue and then it melts, it joins. Where we are able to open our life as we are, seek others' prayer and counsel. Those weak melts and those weak areas and struggles, God uses us to bring us closer and show us how much we need others and how much we can be blessing to others. You've been listening to The Road to Reality with K.P. O'Hannon. K.P. has been crisscrossing the globe for decades, challenging the church to be more like Jesus in their worship and service unto the Lord. If you'd like to learn more about The Road to Reality and the ministry of GFA, please visit us online at roadtoreality.org. That's roadtoreality.org. And then join us for our next podcast when KP will offer more biblical encouragement to help you grow in your relationship with God and live to honor Him along the road to reality.